Hi, this is John Ritter, and welcome to another episode of the Rise Up Country podcast. Over the next few minutes, we're going to be spreading our message of hope and stories of inspiration with two of country music's biggest stars. Jason Aldean's going to be with us, and he's going to tell us about all the things you better not try in a small town. And newcomer, Alexander Ludwig. You know him best as being Ragnar's son Bjorn on the series Vikings. He's also a soft-spoken singer. Plus, I'm going to share some stories with you from the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast, listeners just like you who've called into our Rise Up Country radio show and shared their life-changing stories to help others who may be going through the same thing and through some tough times. Let's start off with the conversation I had with Jason. Jason, I got to tell you, buddy, I think... I've known you since one of your very first concerts after Craig Morgan played. I was there. You know, it's been a fun ride. I mean, when you're getting started, you don't really know what's in store for you. And, um, you know, you're just kind of out doing your thing and just hoping for the best and hoping that, you know, there's a a fan base out there that, that's going to support it. And, um, you know, that was the show you're talking about it's pro- was probably back in uh, – probably 2004. So it's been, right. it's been a while. It's been almost 20 years. And so, uh, to, to still be around and, and still be able to make albums and, and have the songs do as well as they have, be able to go tour and do all those things. It's been, it's been a blessing for sure. And to continue to be you. Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's obviously one thing that's very important to me. And I think it was always something that I, you know, conveyed to manage my management and record companies and things like that was that, you know, if, if, if this isn't going to work, I want it to at least, I want to at least be myself and, and know that it, you know, it didn't work because I was being myself and not because I was trying to be something I wasn't. And, uh, you know, and to their credit, you know, they've always really kind of taken the reins off and let me, let me do what I want and, and record the stuff I want to record and put out the songs that I want to put out. And, um, you know, and, and it's been, it's been great. I mean, it's been the perfect situation for me, honestly. Do you ever have one of those moments you go back to in your mind and say, Oh my gosh, this is where, this is what it used to be like. Look how blessed I am today. Yeah. I mean, every day, you know, I mean, I, uh, you know, I was one of those kids that grew up and, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money. And so, uh, moving to Nashville is kind of the same thing, you know, just kind of scraping to get by and, and trying to, you know, do it as long as I could to get my career off the ground and uh, to to wake up every day and just kind of like see, you know, what I have now and, and things that, that I've worked for, what I've been able to accomplish. It's, you know, it's it's something I'm thankful for every day because I, you know, it's when you grow up like that, it's I think it's something that's just kind of instilled in you. You never really forget that. And it makes you want to work that much harder to, you know, to to never get back to that spot. I think that's it. And for me, because I grew up poor like that, I mean, I can remember stuff where going up on stage and having blown speakers and distort, you know, distorted speakers and not having a good PA system and trying to lug it around in an old van and playing music. Oh, yeah. I did all that and, stuff, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you go through that, you just appreciate everything. And I find I constantly find myself thinking I still have to keep working so I never have to go back to being poor. It's really a, a mental struggle. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, obviously, the way people are brought up is, um, you know, it kind of shapes their character. It shapes their work work ethic. And, 
a lot of different things like that just because you've kind of gone through that experience before. And, um, you know, and we always kind of had what we needed and stuff. We just didn't have a lot of extra money to go and, and right. you know, kind of do extracurricular stuff. So, um, you know, I love the life that I have. I love that I'm able to, you know, do things for my kids and, and my family that uh, I otherwise wouldn't be able to do. And I get to do that because, you know, I, I'm, I have a job that I truly love doing. You know, I love playing music. I love playing shows. And um, and this kind of hobby that I started has turned into this this amazing career, which is which is kind of crazy. But it's still work. Oh, it's definitely work, you know, but it's well, I mean, uh, it, it, it's a different kind of job, but it ain't easy. No, I mean, but it, it, I think, you know, when you enjoy what you do, it doesn't always seem like work. You know, um, the work to me is is being in the studio and, you know, a lot of the travel and, and things like that. Uh, the actual performing, the being on stage and, and those kind of yeah. things, that's the fun part for me. So um, it's it's kind of the being away from home and. And those kind of things is, is to me what I consider the work part of it. Yeah, you appreciate one time Kenny Rogers said to me, I said, no, John, listen, I love it. I love singing. I love It's the getting there I'm not enjoying too much anymore. Yeah, and I, and I think that's it. You know, I think when you're, when you're younger and, um, you know, everything's getting started, you're, you know, you're fired up, man. You're, you know, you're fine to jump on a bus and be gone for two months and, and not be home and, and you know, you're, you're excited. And then as, you know, as the career progresses and, and you do that year after year after year, you know, you still enjoy doing it. It's just like, man, you just wish you could kind of snap your fingers, be there, play the show, snap them and be back home, you know? And, and so unfortunately it doesn't work like that, but, um, you know, but it's, it's still fun. And I, I do still enjoy it. I enjoy getting on the bus and, and I'm at a spot now where I can take my family out on the road anytime. And, you know, they're out traveling with me a lot. So that, that kind of makes it easier too. And I'm sure it's something that you go through as a dad in the same way for me. It's like, we always wanted to make sure our kids had more than we had growing up. That's what we always work sure. for to give them more and more. But then all of a sudden, sometimes their reality <laughs> is not mine. Like I remember when I got a 63 Rambler station wagon and, and I paid 125 bucks, man, I thought I was in heaven. I finally got a car. But when all of a sudden I tried to give my kids a, a Mercedes that we used to drive, they're going, I don't know about that, dad. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's a little bit of a double edged sword, you know, because you want to, you want to do things for them. You know, do, you know, you want them to have better than you had at the same time that kind of becomes normal for them and and you know it's right. and it's just a difference in in how you know we were raised how they were raised and uh, obviously you know they're they're a little better off and and than we were at that age and so it's you know I, th I think that's where the parents kind of just have to you know I've always tried to tell my kids like you know this what we have our life like this is not normal this is like <laughs> this could couldn't be further from normal you know and so I've really tried to always let them know that and how, you know, blessed we are, fortunate we are to, to have the things that we have and, and be able to do the things that we do. But this is not, you know, this is, this is like 1% of people, you know what I mean? And so, and, and to me, like they have friends and, you know, they go to their friends' houses and, and kind of see that side of it, which is, you know, which is kind of more normal. And so I, I think I've always tried to make sure they understood the, the difference, you know. Can we talk about your mom a little bit? Is that okay? And how she was with you raising you and always being around because she was always a big believer. 
Yeah, absolutely. She, uh, you know, my mom was, for the most part, you know, a single mom. My parents divorced when I was three, and uh, my mom, we lived in Florida. My mom moved back to Georgia so she could be around some of her family, and um, and so, you know, I kind of grew up there, and, and, and she was great. You know, she was one of those moms that just made sure I was always involved in sports and, and things like that. And so, you know, she would make sure I made it to every practice. She came to every game. Um, and, I, you know, I think she was one of those parents that just everything really did. I was her only child, so everything really revolved around me wow. and what I had going on. And, and uh, when that became music, you know, she would drive me to the bar and, and watch, sit there and watch me play for a little bit and drive home and have to get up early and go to work the next morning. And, you know, she was, uh, she did it all. I mean, both of my parents were really supportive and, and really helped me out a bunch, but, uh, my mom was the one there kind of every day, really making sure I was involved in stuff and getting to where I needed to be. And, um, and she was, she was great. Yeah, my mom was like that, too, because I played music all my life. She'd be there collecting tickets at the front door. And, hey, Johnny, the bass player's a little loud up there. You know, I mean, she would be right in the middle of it. And That was my dad, actually, for me. My dad was was the one that would book my shows and then go make sure we got paid because some club owners, you know, they like to tell you they'll pay you and then not pay you. So my dad was sort of the enforcer, and uh, he would collect money at the door and do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. He was a music guy too, wasn't he? Didn't he play? He played guitar and um, played guitar a little bit, and he sang and you know kind of had a couple little garage band type things. And um, him and my uncle both played guitar and, and sang, and so it was just kind of like that side of my family. Uh, it's pretty musical over there, and, and my dad was you know he was one of them. I tell you what else, uh, being a singer all my life, I'm glad you still got your pipes. You've taken great care of them, and you got your hearing. That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think uh, I've definitely probably lost some hearing over the years for sure. Um, but, you know, luckily for me, my voice has always held up pretty good. Um, you know, I've never uh, never really had any issues with that. You know, I'm one of those guys, as long as I get enough sleep, I'm I'm usually pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so far, so good. I, I haven't really had any, any major voice issues, and uh, hopefully, you know, that'll continue. Yeah. Hey, buddy, thanks for some time this morning. Yeah, I appreciate it, John. Always good to talk to you, man. You know, I believe even if you divorce your spouse, you should never divorce your children. You should be there when they need you. My father and my mother were married, and my dad was in the Air Force, and in the 70s, um, we were in California, and they actually divorced, and my mom got with somebody else and came to Florida. My dad ended up getting stationed on Guam, which is way out in the middle of the Pacific. I came to Florida with my mom and my stepfather. It was me, my brother, and my sister. My, my stepfather was very abusive and stuff with my stepmother, and we used to have to uh, crawl out of the house and get away for a little while and come back. One day, my dad called, and I told my, da- my mom, I'm going to ask my dad, I want to go live with my dad. And my dad said, yeah, talk to your mom. My dad said, who else wants to come? And uh, my big brother said he'd go with me. We flew from Florida to Georgia and from Georgia to California, and my dad was there waiting on us. We went to uh, Guam with my dad, but my dad also promised my sister, because she stayed here with my mother, that he wouldn't miss her graduation. So we were on Guam for a year, and then he got transferred to California to get us to the States. And we were there about a year, and he couldn't get transferred to Florida. We ended up quitting his job, and we drove all the way from California to Florida. 
we got here to Florida an hour before my sister graduated. My dad stood up. My sister was already there and screamed to the top of his lungs. So my sister knew he was there. My mom and dad, my mom and stepfather ended up divorcing. Well, two years ago, I lost my mother. And my dad was there to the end, to the last day. And uh, he buried my mother. He's got a, he's got a, uh, wants to be buried right beside her. And they never remarried, but my dad never stopped loving my mother to this day. And if that only inspires you to be a good father, I don't know what does. A year ago, I adopted a, I got, she's 19 months old. I adopted a daughter, which I already have three daughters. And uh, I just, he, he inspired me to just be a good father. And this gentleman's story was nothing short of a miracle. I just want to kind of share with you real quick. On July 10th, my 11-year-old son was involved in a uh, horseback riding accident. He ended up with a large skull fracture, and um, he was flown to a local trauma center and then later to Arnold Palmer's in Orlando. We were told that our son would not most likely survive the night by the neurosurgeons. Well, lo and behold, um, my son made it through the night, uh, made it through the next couple of days, uh, spent five days in a, a coma. He came out on the other side, was actually discharged home from the hospital in 11 days. And um, the neurosurgeon looked at me, you know, when we went to discharge him from the hospital and said, look, the fact that your son survived this injury and is going home in 11 days without any defined deficits is a miracle and an act of God's testament. You know, on the way to the hospital from the accident, you know, we called our pastor at the church, and I told, you know, Pastor Mark says, I just need prayer. The Tuesday after the accident, that was a Friday on Tuesday, their school and our church got together and did a prayer vigil for my son to, to help lift him up. And, uh, they streamed it to us in the hospital room for my son as he was still intubated. He was still, you know, unconscious in a coma. And um, they turned the camera to the crowd. And I work for the fire department. My wife's a nurse. And, um, you know, there were hundreds of people in the parking lot of their school. Um, the entire city police department, my fire station, um, other surrounding fire departments. There were fire trucks lined up. And, uh, you know, it's Man, Father, as believers, you know, the power of prayer and Jesus Christ, our Savior, saved our son's life. (laughs) uh, You can't argue with that, can you? You know, when when a neurosurgeon tells you that, you know, our son was saved by nothing more than the the grace of Jesus Christ and and the power that he put in our hands, Mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty powerful stuff. You know, if you've got a story you want to share with us, you always can call the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Or if you've got a comment to make, go to our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. You know, sitting down with the brand new artist, Alexander Ludwig. I loved him on the series The Viking. You know him as Ragnar's son, Bjorn. But what a great singer and what a soft-spoken kid. Never would have expected it. And it was nothing short of divine intervention how Alexander got his start. I had an incredible family, so supportive. My my mom used to be an actress and, you know, um, my dad has been a businessman and 
Um, he just, you know, my dad always kind of just taught me to have grit and just never give up. And my mom is kind of the one who helped me cultivate like my, um, my, the artist inside of me, you know, and I'd, I'd actually started playing guitar and writing music before I ever did acting. And, um, one kind of took off obviously before the other. And after I begged my family to like, let me get into the movie industry. And, um, finally after Vikings, you know, you know, 20 years later, I'm in Nashville just because I love country music and I want to be a part of writing these incredible songs. And it was, you know, just happened to be at the right place at the right time and, and was given an opportunity. And I certainly am, am not one to shy away from that. You know, I don't want to look back on my life and wonder what if, and I'm, I'm really grateful for this opportunity, truly. Yeah, that's great. You know, I don't, I always think of a more divine intervention than just coincidence. But man, when I read about you bumping into Jason Aldean guys at the airport, tell, tell our listeners. That yeah, story. I should, I tell, I should totally tell you this. Yeah. So like I had been, <laughs> I know you always hear about these crazy Nashville music stories. Um, right. Right. And like, I lived one, like I absolutely lived one. So I was taking flights to Nashville for like a year basically telling everybody in every writer's room, this isn't some actor expe- expecting quits, quick success success in this business. Right. Like, I love this business. And if you don't believe me now, you'll believe me in 10 years when I haven't left. Um, but yeah. so I kept taking flights and one plane ride, I did a film called Lone Survivor, which is a true story about um, a Navy SEAL operation gone wrong. And actually the real guy who it's about is still a very close friend. So um, these guys who were wearing all black came up to me and said, hey, um, I just want to tell you we're big fans of Lone Survivor. I said, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I was like, you guys are a band, aren't you? They're like, yeah. I'm like, who do you play for? They're like, uh, Jason Aldean. I'm like, wow. Like that's, you know, he's one of my, one of my all-time favorites. And um, by absolute coincidence, I end up sitting right behind them, literally in the seat behind them the entire flight. And we get to talking. And um, basically by the end of that flight, I've sent them a 10 song demo that I recorded uh, when I was in Ireland. And three days later, they call me and go, we think there's something here. Like we need to work together. So now not only are they my producers, I consider them family. He's some of my best friends. And Jason have been, has been one of the greatest supporters of mine. And um, I'm so unbelievably grateful for all of them. And uh, just to have this opportunity is insane. But yes, I would agree. Like there's there is some sort of divine intervention. And I do feel that when you honor yourself and, and what it is you want in life, um, it's unbelievable um, what will conspire to happen in your favor if you don't give up. King Solomon said that, man, it's all about timing and chance. I always believe that. You know, you just have to be at the right place at the right time. Jeff Bates once told me, John Ritter, do you know how to write a hit song? And I said, how's that, Jeff? He goes, just be at the right place at the right time. That's well said. I mean, it's true. Like, you know, I think it's very frustrating. We always try to be able, we always try to control. I'm one of them. You know, I'm one of those people who wants to control everything. And at one point you just got to go, this is too much stress on myself. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to just be magic and that's just not how it is. Like this is out of my hands and I need to trust that something bigger than me has got my back and I'm just going to leave it there. You know, man, I tell you, I think, of course, I'm not the record guy, but some are crazy and how it rolls. But those aren't two hit songs. I don't know what are. Man, wow. those are great. I actually wrote Summer Crazy, so I'm really, really happy to hear you say that. Thank you. 
Uh, Well, that's why, because it's so real, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you have something that you would say it might not mean anything to anybody else, but it's priceless to you? Yeah, actually, there's a few things that I, that I keep. Um, I mean, one of the things that I keep is um, a letter I wrote to my grandmother when I was um, 10 years old. Uh, right before she passed away, she actually gave it back to me in a frame. Um, like when I was about, she passed away like two years ago now. So um, she gave it to me for my birthday. She was like, do you remember this? Like you wrote this for me. I got it framed. Oh, and of course, then she passes away. So it was a very, very weird thing that that happened. And I've kept it beside my bed, uh, f- you know, uh, ever since. Um, I I have a, um, uh, my first $100 I ever made from from acting. That's that's actually framed. My parents gave me that. So I always keep that just as a reminder of, you know, because to me, I think that probably would have been the most proud I ever have been for like getting paid for something I've done. So I always keep that just to remind myself how lucky I am. Um, I mean, little things like that. Those are the two that come off, you know, that, yeah. that come to mind. But, you know, I actually like keep a lot of that stuff because those things matter more to me than really anything. <laughs> oh, buddy, let me tell you something. I saw a picture of you kissing your wife in the hospital. Uh, you had the yeah. miscarriage. I go, buddy, if, if that isn't the re that's the only thing in life that really matters is that right there, that moment. I know, and it's it's so um, funny because, like, uh, you know, this my my business is a crazy one, you know, in everything I do, and mm-hmm. like it's so important, and I try to remind myself all the time of like, she's with me, all like she is there, she's my rock, and she's an incredible woman. Yeah. She's been through so much, and I'm just so grateful for her friendship. But like it can never come at the expense of our relationship because that is truly the most important thing, you know, is like those people in your life. Hey, let me ask you one more quick question because I want to make sure you're, you're part of our Christmas show. When I say the word Christmas, what's one of your favorite memories? Uh, That's a great question. Um, One of my favorite memories in Christmas. I mean, my family and I, we would go up to like, we'd go up to Whistler mountain, which is like, was like where my family cabin was. And we would take, like these toboggans and drive like halfway up the mountain and there was like a little parking lot and we would like toboggan all like the way down like and if you if you've ever been like it's a big mountain so it's like it's not like you have a run like you you're tobogganing for a while and it's it's pretty special um you know that's what comes to mind but really the you know the the lighting the lighting the fire and sitting with your family playing a board game like that's heaven to me. Like, I'm like, that is just, that's just everything. Well, buddy, I tell you, you're, you're a perfect fit for what we do for a living. And, and I really enjoy, I really enjoy the whole project. I mean, I know people say that stuff to people all the time, but I don't, I'm, I'm old so I can pick and choose the truth because I have less years ahead of me than behind me. So when I tell you, I think that's great. And and you did a great job with it. I'm very sincere with it. Uh, That truly means the world. Really, thank you so much, especially coming from someone like you. Well, this is John Ritter. Till next time, remember, if you want to contact us or make a comment, just go to our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. And never, never give up. Just rise up.